the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. Tech Talk, we live in Silicon Valley. Or the show is broadcasted in Silicon Valley, even though it goes from Santa Cruz, lovely beach town, lovely, lovely beach town, a great place to go for people watching, having a little breakfast on Sunday morning um, in the beachy type community, all the way up to Santa Rosa, all the way out to Sacramento. So we got a big signal, we got a big stick. Um, but me, I'm focused on the peninsula. I live on the peninsula, I live in Silicon Valley. So anytime I see a story on Silicon Valley, it perks me up. Let's talk a little bit. He's going to be taken over by robots one day. I believe in the Terminator movie. I think we're making them too smart. Computers are going to rule the world. I don't really believe that. But it's good radio to say it. Oracle, publicly traded company, tech company. Could be that Larry Ellison's making a robot to control the world. I don't know. Could be. Never let the facts get in the way of a good story. In fact, he's probably making a robot that looks like a sailboat, if I know Larry Ellison. Oracle has been upgraded today to an outperform. Now, what they make is database software. It's a $23 stock. An analyst puts a $30 target on it. Now, basically, a Sun Microsystems deal is done. Oracle's going to be able to merge with Sun Microsystems. What's going to happen? They're going to fire people. Even though Oracle says they're going to hire people, they're going to fire people. And Wall Street loves firings. They're reinstating Oracle with an outperform due to leverage, potential rebound in enterprise applications and spending during 2010, and as a derivative of recovery and investments for underlying database and middleware technologies. Basically, their technology is supreme, and there's a lot of synergies going on, and there's a lot of delay that's starting to build up. There's a little bit of financial accretion that could be happening there. You've got an attractive relative valuation. So that's one analyst saying an attractive relative valuation. What the hell is a relative valuation? Gives you something to compare. You need to compare Oracle to some micro, um, to other software database companies. SAP would be a good one, for instance. SAP's got the foreign tinge to it, so it's not the easiest comparison in the world. But you got to do it. It's all about comparing. And again, relative valuation is, is interesting. One more quickie. Cisco today, maker of network equipment. They were upgraded to buy from hold over at Signal Hill. Signal Hill upgrades them, basically saying... Intensifying competition with IBM, HP, and other titans, it's a concern. There's really five big players. IBM, HP, Cisco, Oracle. Those are the big players in hardware slash software. So Cisco's competitive position, it's, it's comfortable, the analyst says. Cisco's core markets routing and switching going to perform well in 2010. I did a lot of video downloads this weekend, and it still takes a lot of time. It still chugs through my equipment. My wireless router is feeling aged and old. It can barely send a signal from one end of the home to the next. So I got to go buy new gear. 
companies that are sending video to me, they got to go buy new gear. And who do they tend to buy it from? Cisco. So Cisco is a play on video on the internet. And you know what? I think it's going to be there for a long time. Apple's coming out with the iPad, and what are they going to do? They're going to send videos to this, this device. That's good for Cisco. We're a long way from being where we want as far as watching TV online. It's watching videos online. And Michelle Lerman. You can find Michelle Lerman at LermanLaw.com. Michelle, how are you? Hi, Rob. I'm great. How are you? Good, good. Now, what do you actually do for a living? I'm an estate planning attorney. I prepare living trusts and wills, and I help people plan so that... They're hard-earned assets that you're so great at advising people about how to, how to keep and how to grow so that those don't get wasted. First rule of radio, never brown knows the host, Michelle. Uh-oh. So you got to stop <laughs> it's that. It's all true. No, no, it's I'm going to fire back with a mean and heavy fist if you do that. Oh, no. So, so an estate planning attorney, who's, who's ideal for an estate? Is it someone who's 20 and in college? Is it someone who's 30 and just getting married? Is it someone who's 50 and they've sent their kids to college or is it someone who's 60 and got a, a, you know, a boatload of money and ready to retire? Right. So in other words, what, what age? And, and I would answer, I think um, the age is less important than what they own. If someone owns more than $100,000 worth of assets, then they need to start thinking about estate planning because in California, it gets very expensive when someone passes away without a proper plan. Why don't we just move from the state of California? Well, that, that's an idea. The problem is that many of the rules are federal. So wherever you go in the United States, you're dealing with the need to plan. Isn't this the best year to die if you're a wealthy old person because there is no estate tax this year? And, and do you expect that to stay? That's what I'm actually speaking a lot about in the next, uh, in the next few weeks because we have historic changes in the law. Estate taxes were, in fact, repealed. So a lot of people like you are asking, well, is this a good year? But what people don't realize is that income taxes actually could be increased because along with estate tax repeal, the laws changed so that when heirs go to sell assets, they might be facing significant income taxes unless they've planned properly. For instance, I just got an email from a listener, Megan, and she says, my parents are going to be inheriting a house from a trust that was set up in the 1940s. Are they going to pay taxes on it? And that's a good question. That's, that's something you deal with. You, you try to make the tax efficiency of, of passing on assets as, as, as thorough as possible. I do. I do. Tax efficiency is really important. And uh, when people plan properly, that's when they can pass their assets at minimal expense. Now, go over slowly with me. You're going to be doing some seminars this week and, and in the near future. When and where? I am. Tomorrow night, um, San Rafael at 7 p.m. at the Embassy Suites. Okay. And um, it's almost full, and so if any of your listeners wanted to attend, they should call me right away so we can get them on the list. And what's cool about that is if they show up to the event, it's free. You're not a real hardcore salesperson. You know, you're not going to sell a plan to a state plan to someone who doesn't need an estate plan. But they do get to meet with you and figure out where they are in the process. They do. And it's definitely not about sales. It's a public forum about information. And everyone who attends has an opportunity for a complimentary consultation with me um, to be set up after the seminar. So San Rafael tomorrow night, 7 p.m. And what else is coming up? On Thursday at 10 a.m. in Nevada with the Inmarin. 
Okay. And then next week, next Wednesday, both 10 a.m. and 7 p.m., next Wednesday, February 10th, in Mill Valley. And each of the talks is, uh, is an hour long, and then about a half hour of questions, answers, uh, time to set up uh, their consultation. And again, who would you say is uh, ideal for an estate plan? These, is, there these a do- seminars, is there a dollar amount that you're worth? Yeah, these seminars are really geared to higher net worth individuals. But anyone with assets of more than 100000 will gain a lot of knowledge and an important understanding about what they need to do. Knowledge is powerful. Maybe not for me, but maybe for my parents, for instance, where exactly. I'm going to be looking after my mom's uh, estate sooner rather than later. That's right. So Thanks, That's Michelle. That's right. People can find Michelle at LermanLaw.com, LermanLaw.com. She's a top-notch estate planning attorney. She is so valuable to what people like I do. I help you accumulate assets. People who are financial planners help you manage assets. She helps you protect the assets. It all works together. I know it's tough to follow at times, but you can find her at LermanLaw.com. Sign up for these free events tomorrow night in San Rafael at 7, this Thursday at 10 a.m. in Novato. And the following Wednesday in Mill Valley, both a 10 and 7 p.m. session, they're free. You can sign up at LermanLaw.com. That's six letters, L-E-R-M-A-N-Law.com. Let's go to Jim in San Francisco. Jim? Hey, Jim. Um, will testimonies be a good buy, uh, either long-term or short-term in the future as, as IPO is coming out? Jim, as Mr. Han once said to Jeff Spicoli, I don't know. How can I possibly know? They haven't released any information. They haven't released, Jim, if they're going to sell a million cars or none. They haven't released if the car is going to cost $10 million or free. They haven't released if there's going to be 1 million shares or 10 million shares. Um, We don't know. We got to wait for the prospectus and we got to wait for the red herring. It's a process. The information will be publicly traded. For you to call a radio show and say, is this going to be a good investment? You're basically being lazy. You can't do it like that. You got to read information. Investing takes time. It takes a little bit of homework. And right now, all we know is that they said, coming soon to a stock market near you. That's all we know. As Mr. Han once said, I don't know. 800-345-5639. And for those of you who saw Fast Times at Richmond High, clearly one of the top 10 movies of my generation. I know. I know. Allison, the intern from Berkeley. She's going, what's Fast Times at Richmond High? Probably no clue who Jeff Spicoli is, which is kind of cute. 800-345-5639. Heidi knows who Jeff Spicoli is, though. The great Sean Penn. Surfer dude. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's Rob Black Show, 910 a.m., 910 a.m. You can send me an email, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. You can call the show, 800-345-5639, 910 a.m., more stimulating talk. Ken Shampoo. We're the John and Ken Show. Join us weekdays from 3 to 7. Now, Rob Black on 910 AM, more stimulating talk. Oh, all I need is some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. Rob Black show. I am Rob Black. My friends know me as Robert. 
But you can call me Mr. Black. Professor Black. I'm not a professor. Dr. Black, I'm not a doctor. You can call me, what, uh, Ambassador Black. I am an ambassador for Maker's Mark uh, Whiskey. So you can't call me an ambassador, which is fine by me. And by the way, I have an ambassador suit. I'm not really sure what it looks like. I kind of think it looks like a white admiral suit that I wear around the home. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Interesting what's happening in the world of Amazon.com. Amazon, I think, is grossly overvalued right now as a stock. We all know that Apple came out with an iPad last week, right? Everyone knows that. It's no big secret. We all know that there's, it's a book-reading device. It's a video device. It's, it's a couple of things. Now, it has no camera, so I'm going to wait for iPad 2.0 because I want the camera. We've seen the software developer kit that it says there's a word called callback. So we know at some point in time they're going to add a phone into it, or we think they're going to add a phone into it. Long story short, I'm going to be patient on it. I'm going to be patient on it. Amazon, the Kindle, which I won't buy. I just don't read enough books to, to actually go out and spend two, $300 on a device to read books because... I don't spend enough money on books. So, and my my favorite magazine, Jugs Magazine, doesn't come out on digital form yet. Still got to get the paperback. So, no rush. No rush. Jugs Magazine, not really my favorite book. Magazine. So, Amazon.com had a pretty big weekend. And again, if you did typical things like going snowboarding to Tahoe this weekend, you don't know what they did. But me, the nerd that I am... There was a big fight. Amazon surrendered to a publisher, and they agreed to raise prices on some electronic books. This could stunt the growth of the electronic book market. It could stunt the growth of the Amazon Kindle product. Kindle editions, as well as printed books from Macmillan. Interesting. So it's a big fight with Macmillan, which is one of the country's six largest publishers. They plan to begin setting higher consumer prices for ebooks. Amazon has set ebook prices at $9.99, but Macmillan said, uh-uh, we want it higher. Amazon removed buy buttons from all the books from Macmillan. Now, you could have, could have got them from a third party, but not from Amazon. Even the real hardcovers, right? So the face-off has got the industry very, very anxious. And basically, it's a knife fight. And it went from a knife fight to two companies going nukes on each other. And it looks like Amazon lost. Macmillan's new terms can take effect at the beginning of March. Publisher is going to set the consumer price of each book and online retailer. They're going to serve as an agent and they're going to take a 30% commission. Ebook editions of mostly new released adult fiction tend to garner 12 to 13 12 to $15. Now, those terms mirror what the other five of the six largest publishers had agreed to with Apple last week for their ebooks sold via bookstore and iPad. So again, this is kind of it's it's crap. It's taking pricing and competition out of the market. As long as Amazon wanted to sell me an ebook for 10 bucks, they had the right to do it. Now they don't have the right to do it. Otherwise, they get no, no books. So Amazon buys and resells ebooks in the same way it handles printed books. They pay a publisher a wholesale price. It's generally equivalent to half the list price. Amazon had discounted that, though, so as to lose money so as to sell more devices. Now, Amazon's decision is a victory for Apple. It's ultimately good for the whole industry because it keeps pricing higher. It's bad for you and me. The iPad tablet's due in March. It can compete on fairly equal footing with Amazon now. Book 
publishers, meanwhile, they're volunteering to limit their digital profits. So they are backing off a little bit. They say typically they collect twelve fifty to seventeen fifty for a new ebook. They said they're gonna try to make nine to eleven dollars on each ebook, and that's it. Now again, with an ebook, they don't have to pay for paper. They don't have to pay for shipping of the book to the bookstore. They don't have to pay for books coming back to them. So Apple's stance, on the other hand, basically allows publishers to set their own ebook prices, which is a bit of a reversal. So eight hundred three four five. Five, six through nine. Had a little music there, which confused me. <laughs> I'm easily confused. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Let's go to Tony Mendez. Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. How are you, Mr. Mendez? Again? Oh, I'm doing well. Thanks, Rob. Oh, okay. So now you're calling in today to, to educate me on something. So educate me. Well, one of the the toughest questions that I get um, uh, pretty much on a daily basis is, what are our options for refinancing when our our balance is close to what we owe? Uh, and and be honest, this is really one of the t- toughest questions because there are so many factors that are involved in determining what is the best option. You know, what's the loan amount? Are you doing cash out? Credit scores have, have a big uh, impact on what program you're going to go with. What's the estimated value? Who owns the loan, which is one of the topics we're going to bring up? What are the benefits for each program, the type of home, and so on? Uh, and what what always happens, and it's usually part of one of my phone calls, is that, oh, we started a home loan with another process, and then they said our appraisal was too low, and then they, they we backed out of the process. It just seems like a lot of loan officers are roping people in to getting the application started and not really going over these options. Um, and it's unfortunate because, you know, the, the, the HARP program, which is the Making Homes Affordable Pro- Refinance Program, was really intended to help a lot of people that had either a Freddie loan or or a Fannie loan. Uh, Freddie Mac being the uh, the federal home loan mortgage company or, or Fannie Mae, the Federal National Mortgage Association. And if your loan is owned by one of these two entities, these government-sponsored entities, you can do what they call a, it's kind of essentially a streamlined refinance over and above what your, your balance is. I'm sorry, your uh, appraised value up to 125%. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, these lenders... Have only they have uh, different guidelines that they put on top of these programs because it's a voluntary program. So they basically restricted this to 105. But these opportunities are there for people who have a loan that is owned by Fannie or Freddie. Okay, and Fannie and Freddie, for their part, they're government-sponsored entities, and they've actually come way out of the woodwork to say we're losing money on a lot of loans that we're initiating because mm-hmm. we're paid for and bought for by the U.S. taxpayer. So they're there to make sure the money gets funded into the product. They're not there for the mortgage company to make the decision on if the person's qualified or not. But unfortunately, those those lenders are putting their own guidance because it is a voluntary program. Sure. But it is something that people can look into quite easily. Uh, you can look up your – see if your loan is owned by Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae. At, uh, I, mean, I can give you those websites. They're pretty long, or I can email them to you. But the – uh, the, there is a lot of research online. One of the best places to go is to uh, www.makinghomeaffordable.gov, okay. and that will kind of direct you into those Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac uh, websites, and they'll help you out. You know, and of course, these it's kind these of funny. Are just, our, our government's not very literate. They've got no, a web, they've got a website what, called Making Home Affordable. Makinghomeaffordable.gov. Yeah, it's not, it's not making homes affordable. It's making home affordable. It's like that Cars for Kids commercial where they misspell cars. Yeah. It's not a good idea to like teach people, you know, bad bad grammar and syntax. You know, and honestly, this program 
is is right up the alley of of just idiotic, to be honest with you. It just doesn't make sense for a lot of people, especially with the amount of other programs that were available to lenders to get relief on their, their products that they had in their portfolio, including the, the loan mods. The lenders are, are, are more, it's more incentive to them to do a loan mod than it is for, I'm sorry, to do a foreclosure than it is to do a loan mod or one of these um, HARP programs because they're getting subsidized money from the government on the difference of what the appraised value comes in and what it sells at. I'm sorry, the, what the balance is and what it sells at. So it, it's kind of worked backwards for the clients. You know, as of September last year, there was only 111,000 uh, Fannie or Freddie loans that were refinanced in this, you know, under these programs. And that's not a lot compared to how many millions of people that have these, these products. So people can contact you if they want a list on how to figure out their Freddie loan or Fannie loan, or they can contact you on any issues tied towards getting financing, because that's what you do, and you, you take the stress off people, and you know all the programs, and you know the people to talk to. They can find you at BayAreaLoanSource.com, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Any other way of contacting you? That's the best way. Okay, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks, Tony. You're welcome. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Now, again, I think most Americans don't even know what type of loan we have and who it's originated from and through. For instance, I pay my mortgage every month, and I know the bank that I'm doing it to, but I don't know if it was originated from Fannie or Freddie five times before that. And if it is, that means you got a Fannie or Freddie loan. I don't know. Heidi owns a home, and she pays her mortgage, and she doesn't know if it's a Fannie or Freddie. You can find out and, and take advantage of some of these products and some of these programs that are being offered by um, looking up makinghomeaffordable.gov, makinghomeaffordable.gov. To get your calls in there, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Right now, I'm a little worried that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, they're chasing bad mortgages. They're stuck with about $300 billion in loans, which are 90 days or more behind in payments. But our government says, you know what? We'll just print money. We'll just print money. But they're trying to flex their muscles to force banks to repurchase loans found to contain improper documentation. So they're trying to dump them off someone. But Fannie's repurchases terms. They said, quote, no taxpayer should have to pay for a business decision that's caused by a bad loan sold to Fannie Mae Freddie Mac. So basically, we've got these institutions that are almost designed to lose money. They don't care. 800-345-5639. It's calls there. It's the Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. You're listening to Rob Black, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Black Show, 9, 10 a.m., talking all things financial. In between, I blend in a little pop culture, a little opinion on investment and investment ideas and how to do it at the right age. For instance, I got an email from a young lady today who was recently married, and she heard me talk last week about saving for retirement by the age of 30 and how important it is. I don't think you have to get millions and millions of dollars by age 30. I think you got to get ten dollars to $40,000 saved for your nest egg that you don't touch when you go to Mexico, that you don't touch when you need a car. It's your nest egg. It's for age 60 to 100. We work from age 20 
to 60, and then we have to live off Social Security and our nest egg. Those are the two things that do it. Now, CalPERS and CalSTRS, these are government-protected retirement plans, pension funds that are underfunded. So if I was a teacher, a firefighter, or a government worker, I wouldn't count 100% on my pension being there as it is in 20, 30 years. I would expect cuts. I would expect a higher retirement age. I would expect higher health care costs than what you think are going to be guaranteed. I'm just being realistic. Pensions aren't lasting the way they used to. So I talked a little bit about having enough money saved at the right age. And I said ten dollars to $40,000 by the time you're, you're 30 years old. I know. That sounds like a lot of money, right? So, but when you start looking at the numbers, let me show you how this works and why it works. And again, this isn't super math. This isn't going to be something that totally freaks you out, but 40,000 becomes 80. 80 becomes 160. 160 becomes 320. 320 becomes 640. All from the age of 30 to 60. So it takes 30 years for money to double one, two, three, four times. You need that money doubling. You need that compound to work. When it does, it's wonderful. Now, the last 10 years didn't necessarily work, but it actually did if you continued to buy. The best advice that I can give you is fund your 401k, 403b, 457 on a regular basis. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Continue to do it. Buy assets when they're low. Best things I did bought was last March at a low. Now, when markets are at a low, you're like, I'm throwing good money after bad. It's going to go to zero. I'm horrible and I'm going to die. And you don't want to do it. That's the best time to do it if you're young and beautiful. And to me, young and beautiful is anything under the age of 55 because you got time for it to recover. Time is your friend. Time is your ally. Time is on your side. So I want you to continue to do it. So, and again, difference between 40,000 and let's just say you had 20,000 at age 30. Let me show you the difference of of how that works out. Difference about $320,000. So at age tw- age 30, if you got $20,000, 20 will become 320. At age 30, if you have $40,000, 40 will become 640. More than half a million dollars. Now, a million dollars will pay you about forty dollars to $60,000 a year until the day you die. That's not a lot of money. Not in California. Keep in mind, anything we buy in California, we basically lose 10% to state income, to, uh, state uh, taxes. We get penalized for being consumers. I hate that. For living in the state of California, our state income tax is 9.5%. Our federal taxes are anywhere between 10 and 35%. Now, again, people in the highest tax brackets tend not to pay the highest tax bracket because they hire accountants who financially engineer the numbers to a lower tax bracket. I want to talk a little bit about investment in a company called Express Scripts. Express Scripts is an individual stock, and it's not for everyone. In fact, it's not for most of you. I think individual stocks are incredibly dangerous, and I think we'll get you into a lot of trouble. I don't want the average person doing individual stocks, not until you have at least $100,000. Why is that? Because you're the mother of two. You're a school teacher. You're an engineer who's taken some time off. You're a retiree who's never really bought individual stocks. 
You're not a, a trader. I'd prefer you don't buy them. I prefer you let people like me buy them. So company Express Scripts, it's a play on the aging of the baby boomer, which we all know continues to age. And what happens when we age? Our bodies break down and we need drugs. Our bodies break down and we need health care. Express Scripts knows their customers. They know their customers want drugs fast. It's one of the largest pharmacy benefit management companies. That's short for PBM, pharmacy benefits. Question, raise your hand. Do you think we'll have pharmacies in the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years? Do you think they'll all go away? Some people think pharmacies do go away and that we replace them with the internet. In which case, we probably wouldn't need a company like Express Scripts. So there's your first flag. Could that happen? It could. That's why the investment's not guaranteed. It's not called a guaranteed investment. It's called an investment. Investments contain risk. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks mentioned. Express Scripts administers the prescription drug benefit to millions of healthcare plans in the United States. Members have access to a network of about 60,000 retail pharmacies, as well as the company's own mail order pharmacies. Express Scripts processes claims for about 750 million prescriptions per year. Earlier in the show, I told you that I like my um, antidepressants. I eat them like candy, sometimes three to five of them at a time. I pretend they're Mintos. Keep me nice and even, nice and happy, nice and smiley. So Express Scripts got a little bit of love today in the Investor's Business Daily. They recently bought a company called Next Rx Pharmacy, benefit management unit of an HMO company called WellPoint. Now, the deal was announced April 13th. Express Scripts shares have risen about 60%. Whoa. The $4.7 billion purchase, which closed December 1, doubled to $50 million the number of beneficiaries served by Express Scripts. Pretty big deal. More importantly, Express Scripts, ticker symbol, ESRX. They just recently signed a 10-year contract to continue providing pharmacy benefit services to patients covered under WellPoint's managed health care plans. And the proof of success is in the EBITDA. What is EBITDA? Oh, good God. If you know what EBITDA is, you shouldn't be listening to this show. EBITDA is earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, amortization. It's, it's an engineering term in the world of finance to figure out what you would have earned if you didn't have to pay interest. If you didn't have to pay taxes, if you didn't have to pay depreciation, or if you weren't allowed to depreciate, and if you didn't have to amortize, companies giving positive body language. They're communicating that investors that they're going to generate about a billion dollars in EBITDA. So it's just another metric of valuating companies. I don't want you to go out and buy Express Scripts. I want you to study it. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800 345 Five six three nine to get your calls in the air. Now you know alternative energy. Everyone wants wind power, solar power, making fuel from biodiesel or bio. Who's going to be the winner in this? China is certainly going to be a player. Wait, 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 wait! Isn't it America's right to have? Part of our sovereignty be the fact that we lead the world in green energy. Isn't that going to be the next thing that drives home prices up in the Bay Area? So says a lot of people. We're going to be so good at green because we got Governor Schwarzenegger who's dedicated to it, right? Well, China vaulted past Denmark, Germany, Spain, and the United States last year to become the world's largest maker of wind turbines. And they're going to expand that this year. 
China has also leapfrogged the West in the last two years to merge as the world's largest manufacturer of solar panels. We're getting our butts kicked. USA, USA. We need some Bruce Springsteen. We need the country to rally. We need to beat the Chinese in alternative energy. It's our God-given right to lead the world, and especially California. And the country's pushing equally hard, China is, to build nuclear facilities. And they're trying to build more efficient coal power plants so it's clean-burning coal. And these efforts to dominate renewable energy technologies raise the prospect that the West may someday trade its dependence on oil from the Midwest for reliance on solar panels, wind turbines, and other gear manufactured in China. Keep in mind, the goal, I mean, I'm not going to say this is the goal, but the goal is to kind of give Saudi Arabia and the Middle East the middle finger and say, we don't need your oil anymore. We got our own renewable energy. You know, I've never given anyone the middle finger. I just don't get that angry. I don't get that angry. When people give me the middle finger while I drive, I wave at them. I go, hi. I wave politely to them because it gets them more angry, and that's kind of funny. Fighting fire with fire, I don't do when it comes to the middle finger. I, I kind of find it to be just, you, you kind of look like a doofus when you throw out the finger. Heidi's giving me the finger right now. Thank you. That's very classy. Very classy. You stay classy, Heidi. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. Time is on my side. Oh, yeah. Invest early. Back program coming up at 12 noon. Now, Rob Black, 9 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Allison, I know this world is killing you. Allison. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. I think that's all I got for you today. It's in the show 12 minutes early. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Turn off the lights as you leave the studios. Rob Black Show. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. New intern, Allison. We'll see if I've scared her off today and or not. Um, we'll see if she comes back. Let's go to San Jose, Jennifer. Hi. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, um, I have a question for you. My husband and I, we currently are maxing out our 401k and are set to pay off our second mortgage at the end of this year. And it's going to leave us after that with about $1,000 extra a month. And we're not quite sure where we should be putting that. Great questions. First and foremost, let's talk about you and your husband. How old? I'm 26 and he's 28. And you said you're maxing out your 401k? Yes. Congratulations. You're saving a ton of money. You're doing it early and you're going to have a ton of money when you retire as long as you don't mess it up. (laughs) That's good, right? Now, you may not be able to live in California. California may be the most expensive place on the planet by then, but you'll be able to live somewhere and basically live till the day you die. So you're doing great. Now, your second mortgage on your home, you're paying that down as fast as you can. Um, What's the interest rate on that? 
It's horrible. It's 9%. Okay. The rule of thumb, just so you know, is always pay off any debt over 8%. So you're doing the right thing by paying that down as fast as possible. You're 26. The husband's 28. Are you going to be making babies anytime soon? I'm currently a stay-at-home mom. Okay. So you've made a baby. Yes. Okay. One baby, two babies. One. One. Okay. Congratulations. Greatest thing on the planet, right? So you look at the kid and you're just like, wow, I did that. And it's just the coolest thing on the planet. I'm not encouraging people to have babies because they're expensive. But if you do, the, the amount of time that you stare at them in awe is, is worth the investment. Um, okay, so you've maxed out, have you set up a 529 plan for the baby? No, not yet. Okay. With your after-tax dollars, because you've maxed out your pre-tax, your, your, your pre-tax dollars, your 401k, I would consider setting up a 529 um, in large part uh, to pay for your kid's college. If that's something you feel you should do, if that's something you're totally against, then you can ignore me. But a lot of people say, I want to take care of my kid's college. I want to give them a better future than me. Uh, there's a good website, Jennifer, called savingforcollege.com, savingforcollege.com. And every state offers what are called 529 plans. And some of them are better than others. Your kid, the best one of the best ones, for instance, Utah. But I want to, you know, I want to put a gun to your kid's head and say you have to go to Utah that's the beauty of 529 plans. Just because you use the Utah plan doesn't mean you have to go to Utah. Oh, wow. So, so the money that you put into it, you can do like a fidelity fund. And it's a low-cost fund. And say you fund $5,000 in that. And that'll double probably once or twice before your kid hits 18. How old's your kid? He is eight months. Eight months. Just a little teeny tiny tyke. Yeah. So he'll start walking around 14. Um, my advice is don't teach him the words mama. Teach him the words dada. So that when he cries in the middle of the night, he'll go, Dada, Dada. <laughs> and, your, and your husband will feel amazing guilt to go feed the baby. So don't teach Mama. Teach Dada. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, keep that in mind. I know you got the, those maternal instincts, but I'm trying to help you sleep. Um, <laughs> so I would set up a 529 plan uh, for the after-tax money. Um, and again, savingforcollege.com is a great site. What other questions did you have or what were you throwing at me as far as you had an extra $1,000? Yeah, an extra $1,000 a month. We're just wondering what the best avenue okay. for that money would be. Do you have an emergency fund yet? In case yes, you're... we have six months expenses. Okay, great. And you that's in a money-like account, money, it's a CD, it's something that's pretty easy to get to, right? Yes, it's liquid. So never, ever, never go after that money with uh, for Mexico. Um, okay. Next up, next up, do you have term life insurance on the husband? Yes. Okay, probably about 10 times his salary. Something on you, too. Something on you, too, but not 10 times the salary because you're a stay-at-home mom. Um, but if you did die, it would be health. And again, I hate saying that. If you do die unexpectedly, your husband will probably still want to work. So he's going to have to either marry quickly or get daycare, nanny care, or something along those lines. And so you got to figure out what your insurance would be to help cover that cost. So oh, consider, right. we hadn't even thought of that. So consider that. Unless, unless you've got like a twin sister that your husband could in- instantly slide into and... And replace you. Um, <laughs> no. What else? What else? Um, I think that's about it. Um, I'd consider a 529 plan. Other than that, I would consider tax-efficient investing through someone like Fidelity, where uh, you're not going to be paying, like, for instance, I would do uh, not income stocks in a after-tax account. I would do capital appreciation stocks um, in an after-tax account so that you can pay a lower capital appreciation tax than an income tax. So if you get 6% from your, your bonds, that's going to be taxed at a, a taxable income of probably your husband's tax rate, which is 25 30%. Whereas if it's a capital appreciation type driven account, it's going to be more so 15% for now until those laws change. 
I think I threw out enough at you, Jennifer. Yes, I think so. Capital appreciation. Thank you so much. One more thing. Get that book, The New Rules About Money by Rick Edelman. It's a great, great book. The chapters are three pages, so you and your husband could talk about a chapter every night at dinner. Um, while you're cooking dinner, he could read a chapter. While he's setting the table, you could read a chapter, and you all could talk about it. And it'll cover everything from college costs to uh, investing your money to don't forget to get a will, Jennifer. Like, let me ask you one more question. What happens if you and your husband get hit by a car? Who takes the kids? His brother. His brother. How old is his brother? 30. 30. And how many kids does his brother have? None. And his brother, he's ready to be a daddy and and have a wife stay at home and and raise the kid? He's currently engaged, so we're we're hoping so. Okay. It's a conversation that you really, really want to have with him. Because he may marry a woman who hates children. Um, and then the brother would be just the wrong choice, and you would really want to look for another choice. Um, it's an odd thing to think about, because I think we all have family members that where we would like to see our kids go in a best-case scenario, but sometimes um, like you may be putting a financial stress on him or a marital stress on him, or he may want to marry a, you know, a woman and travel the world every month and not drag a kid around. So make sure you have those questions as well. So thanks for the call, Jennifer. Okay, thank you. So, thank you. yep. So I dragged her out because I think we could all relate to her. Let's go to Bob in Corte Madera. Bob, how are you? Oh, good. Hi, Rob. And for the record, wait, for, let me do one more thing. For the record, Jennifer's like, she's doing damn great. They're maxing out their 401ks. They got a kid. They're, they're doing everything wonderful. And that just, that just turned my anti, that just turned me from depressed to happy. So now I need some anti-happy things. Go ahead, Bob, bring me back down. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I don't think this is too anti-happy, but um, here's my question. You, I've heard you in the last few days use the comparison, which I've heard before, that somebody who saves a certain amount per month from age 20 to 30 does better at retirement than somebody who saves the same amount from 30 all the way up to retirement. Yeah. But I was wondering, where would that, where would that cutoff come if you corrected it for inflation? Because the person who saves from 20 to 30 is putting in more valuable dollars than the, one, than the guy who put away the money at age 50 because you've got, you know, 20 years of inflation in the meantime. Sure. And the majority of the gains would come in the final seven years on those assets. So it would skew towards the person who's younger as far as the benefits of inflation. Because most people that I'm talking about, they're putting in pre-tax dollars into the 401k, Bob. So they're not paying any state or federal taxes. So that saves them automatically 40%. It does fight inflation in the sense that exposure to stocks historically gets you 10% returns. Exposure to bonds historically gets you 6% returns. And real estate gets you 5%. And inflation's 2 to 4 So your real rate of return would probably be somewhere around the 6 to 7% in stocks over time when you factor in inflation. So it still skews definitely in their favor. And the bigger nut that they save that continues to work over time in a tax-efficient manner, not paying state or federal taxes until the money's withdrawn, they come out way ahead. So I would say it still skews towards them. I hear you putting some upfront dollars in. um, We'll lose to inflation. There's no doubt about it. But the backside of the gains later in the years, the compounding would far far thump inflation. Okay. So, and that's, that's a, that's a great question. Cause you always got to look at real rate of return. A lot of people, Bob, who've had money in, in cash, their real rate of return in the last couple of years has been negative, even though they didn't lose money, but they did, they lost buying power with those dollars. So you bring up a, a really good question. 
So here's a question for you, Bob. Let me ask you a question. Mel Gibson, Edge of Darkness. Did you go see it this weekend? I didn't. I've read the reviews. Um, okay. I think I might see it, though, because I'm a middle-aged guy. So. That's that's who they're marketing it to, middle-aged guys. Because, like, Allison, our intern, she doesn't know that Lethal Weapon was a great film. She's too young. She, she didn't see it. It's out of her category. So Edge of Darkness is banking totally on people like me and you that remember our youth fondly from watching Lethal Weapon movies. So thanks for the call. Or Road Warrior. How can I not mention Road Warrior? Good news for Mel Gibson. 70% of the moviegoers who attended this weekend were old. <laughs> so next week, that movie is going to do the old flippy floppy. Why? Super Bowl. So people like me and you will be sitting around our TVs and trying to do a little of that male bonding thing. And we're not going to be watching Mel Gibson where the kids who don't care about sports, they don't care about Mel Gibson. And for the record, the Patriot, Mel Gibson and Heath Ledger, two Australians play an American Patriots that won the war. How a father's love won the war. That was one of the taglines from the movie, The Patriot. Isn't that funny how a father's love won the war? We are just a dumb, dumb nation. Anyway, Avatar added $95 million over the weekend, boosting its uh, domestic take, uh, $30 million more in the United States, $2.04 billion. It's a 3D phenomenon. And for the record, for the record, Michael Jackson in 3D at the Grammys, weak, weak. Watching Beyonce put on 3D glasses, I mean, jeez. She did not look happy that she had to wear those flimsy, flimsy little things that made her look, uh, well, I'm going to use the word ghetto. So, weak 3D performance with Michael Jackson. Company called, who is the company? Oh, there's an indie film producer who's getting ready to uh, come public called Film Department Holdings. Don't invest in it. They only got two movies out. They don't got enough product. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm going to take a break for 22 hours. Go ahead and go relax. Come back tomorrow smarter, more refreshed, more content for you. You can always find me at robblack.com, robblack.com. I will be here tomorrow in 22 hours. Bring the questions, 800-345-5629. Now, the one, the only, Glenn Beck. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.